welcome to Pep Talks, Pepper Jam's affiliate marketing podcast that conducts interviews with brands, publishers, and industry experts. If you haven't yet, please take a beat to subscribe to Pep Talks so you can automatically receive updates on our new episodes. Or better at, better yet, fire off a review and tell us what you think. Your reviews will help us to continue to get exciting guests like the one we have today. Join with me today is Adam Weiss. He's an affiliate marketing strategist, advisor, mentor, and principal consultant at Weiss Digital Consulting. Adam, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks, Maura. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So you have quite the impressive resume. You've spent quite a bit of time in the affiliate marketing category. Uh, for many years, you led Linkshare's uh, publisher and product practice, and then moved into serve as the GM for the network for several years thereafter. Um, which yep. is kind of ironic, given that you know the position which I sit, you know, we could have viewed this as a, a real competitive conversation. <laughs> We're all friends now, though. Absolutely. Um, but I wanted to have you on pep talks today because in all seriousness, you have, you know, a lens on the affiliate marketing landscape and, uh, unique experiences that offer, uh, presumably rich insights into, uh, affiliate and how the landscape has evolved and changed over the last few decades that it's been in existence. So I guess to kick things off, why don't you just tell me a little bit about how you ended up in the affiliate marketing category to begin with? Um, good question. So um, I think from a timeline perspective, decades is definitely a good way to measure it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I, I worked in the digital space. I, I worked at uh, 24-7 Media at uh, the turn of the century. <laughs> um, and after that, I worked at about.com for a little while. Um, and both of them uh, on the publisher side of the business uh, for for different advertising products that each of them had at the time. Um, and in 2003, uh, the product that I was working on at about.com actually got sold to Google. And um, I was out looking for my, my next thing. And, you know, long story short, um, got connected to someone at Linkshare. Um, and the rest was really history. I, I just, I had felt that I had done work, you know, on the display advertising side of the business. I had uh, worked on a CPC network and I was interested in, in CPA and performance-based advertising. Um, and I, I landed at Linkshare and um, the rest was history. Um, and it was a great ride, that's for sure. Absolutely. So having been in the space for decades... Can you describe to me perhaps how the affiliate marketing landscape has changed from when you first entered uh, the space until today in the year 2020? Sure. Um, it's a big question, right? I think um, back in the day, like you, you hear you hear people say it a lot, it's cliche, but it kind of was the wild, wild west, right? <laughs> no one knew details about who your partners were, how they drove traffic, um, how many people worked there, <laughs> like what their their strategy was. Yeah. Um, and I think I think we've over the years we've seen a real maturity in the space. And I think that maturity comes one in, you know, we've got people like like even yourself, right, who've been in the space for a while and really now have such a, a real keen understanding 
of the business and uh, what levers we have to pull, um, what drivers are important for advertisers and for publishers. And specifically, I think we've seen a real maturity on the publisher side of the business. Like I said, back in the day, it was kind of the wild, wild west. I think we've really seen growth uh, from publishers in terms of how they think strategically about their business, about the advertiser's business, what they need to do to add value when it comes to driving traffic, improving conversions, whatever the key KPIs are for their partners. Um, and I also think we've seen a real maturity in the technology as well. Um, I think back in the day, there was like, you know, three, maybe four networks. Now you've got networks, platforms, there's tools that support the networks and platforms that support the publishers, support the advertisers. Um, it's much more robust than it once was. Um, and I think that that's really important, having all these different solutions to support the, the channel as a whole. Absolutely. Um, it's so funny, uh, the way that we talk about the affiliate marketing category from a historical perspective is one of which uh, that's often labeled as being the wild, wild west. But I guess for anybody who's listening, who's not familiar with the affiliate marketing space, would you mind just delving in a bit and sort of uh, lending your perspective or based on some of your experiences as to what you mean in, on the publisher side being uh, the wild, wild west? Well, I just think, you know, we didn't really have a handle at the time on, well, I shouldn't say we didn't have a handle, but like there was just a lot of publishers and, you yeah. know, there was a lot to, to unearth in terms of what they did and like you know, the publishers themselves, they're not just one, like, entity. They're each unique. And starting to really just break it down by channel, by um, how they drive traffic, what verticals they excel in. And what I mean by that is you have loyalty, you have coupons, you have deals. There's actually a difference between coupons and deals. You have content within content. There's there's factions within content as well. And even the publishers that, you know, quote unquote, compete within those categories, they are, they're different in terms of what they could do to uh, help an advertise, advertiser reach their goals. So the Wild Wild West was just, there was a lot out there that we just didn't understand because it was still the early days and we needed to kind of figure out how do we, how do we kind of bucket you know, these different partners and how do we understand what the levers are that we could pull for each of them to be successful, to, to develop these successful partnerships, which is where I think we've really matured to today. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't say it better myself that each of these partners and partner types are unique in and of themselves. The tactics that a marketer is going to employ to optimize a saving site are radically different from that of uh, a content publisher. Um, totally. They have unique you know, needs and therefore optimization strategies that they need. Um, and so you mentioned something about uh, the affiliate landscape evolving and maturing as it relates to the technology. Uh, based on your experience, when you entered the category, there was three or four networks and now there's you know, a multitude of networks and platforms that uh, a marketer or a brand can choose from. And in thinking about that relative to the publisher composition, I just like your perspective. Do you think that 
um, as the affiliate technology uh, networks and platforms evolved, do you think that helped with the rise of content publishers in contributing to the affiliate mix? Um, I think it was part of it. Um, I think, you know, from what I've seen, content was always important in affiliate, just less pervasive, you know, a little while back. Um, and I think um, influencers really kind of started the trend. Um, and then we start to see more um, mainstream media come into play from a content perspective. And I think what that kind of forced from a, a technology perspective was um, the need to create tools that really just make it easier for content publishers or, or really any publishers in general to uh, interact with affiliate. You know, we want it to be as simple as possible to get a link and put it on your site. And I think at one time that might've seemed daunting uh, for a publisher, yeah. but I think whether it's the networks or even the sub networks um, or these third-party tools out there, you know, their objective has always been, let's make it easy. I think the more friction you can remove in the channel, the easier it is for partners to come into the channel uh, and leverage it um, as, a, as a revenue stream. Absolutely. I think both on the marketer side and on the consumer side, really any side, uh, everybody is demanding of a frictionless experience, um, you know, as, as they can get. So um, just curious for the mainstream media publishers that you referenced that started to um, play a role in affiliate, what do you think attracted those publishers to the affiliate category? Um, as they rose in prominence? Well, I think there's probably a couple of things. And I think, you know, like for each one, everyone's got their, their own uh, unique reasons for doing things. But generally speaking, um, I think one, there, there was a desire to create uh, differentiated revenue streams, right? We can't rely only on advertising. Um, what else can we be doing um, to, to, to generate revenue? on site. Um, and I think, you know, you look at, um, you know, uh, uh, some of the, um, the, the publishers like, like a Buzzfeed or someone like that, you see the success that they're having. Mm -hmm. And I think that other people start to take notice, right. And it kind of shifts their thinking, um, to build teams around it. And also, it, you know, the, the beauty of affiliate, in my opinion, is whether you're a content publisher or, or any type of publisher, you're, you have this wonderful opportunity to have direct relationships with an advertiser. That's hard to do at scale, if you think about it, an affiliate enables that. So if I want to have a direct relationship with a particular brand that I want to write a review on their product or, or an editorial piece about a about, um, particular set of products, whatever it is, like theoretically, you could do that you know, from the jump with affiliate. So for a lot of these content guys, I think it gave them a, a great opportunity to really engage directly with brands and have a more strategic conversation with them as well, which in turn opens you up to more budget as well. So I think those are kind of some of the things initially that really um, played into that movement uh, of content or the growth of content in the channel. 
And do you do you think that content is contributing now um, more than in years prior, or do you think this is all just perceptive? Um, I think there is more now. I don't have a number to back it up, unfortunately, but um, I do think it, it just feels like there's more publishers. There's definitely more focus. Um, I think you know advertisers especially are looking for you know, the quote unquote, top of the funnel traffic, new customers, and all publishers have the opportunity to do that. But I think the content guys really are viewed as the ones who could help achieve those goals. So there's been more of a desire to partner with them as well. And hence, you know, the other side of the equation, the content guys moving into the channel. So I do think that there's more today. And I think we continue to see it grow. And I I think that you're spot on. And I think that these uh, content publishers are um, part of a publisher segment that definitely help turn the notion of um, channel incrementality on its head. I know that yeah. you know you and I have had conversations about engaging with brands in the past, improving the value of affiliate, and it always came back to this idea of incrementality. Would you or would you have not received? Uh, that conversion from that customer if affiliate sat in the path um, at all. So I think that content definitely plays a, a key role there, especially as they drive, you know, more upper funnel discovery and introducing new customers into the mix. Yep. I think it's interesting too, just kind of uh, when, when you look at it, there's a lot of activity in, on that side of the things too, from, from a, um, a strategic standpoint. I mean, you know, it's a couple of years now, but, you know, the New York Times acquiring Wirecutter or more recently you've seen um, other uh, larger sites get acquired uh, by these bigger media houses. And I think it's because they see the value of what they're doing and affiliate plays a key role in that. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great example. Do you think that as content started to play a larger role within the publisher mix and affiliate that it started to attract a different type of brand to the affiliate channel? Um, that's a good question. Um, perhaps, I mean, it's, it feels like there's a lot of um, D2C brands working with, with content publishers. Um, I think, um, yeah, I, I think that there, it could be. Um, but I think generally speaking though, it seems like, you know, affiliate's fairly pervasive anyway. Um, but overall, I think that the ability to kind of think about what your message is through a content site or have them review a particular product um, becomes really interesting. It feels to me like, you know, like you said, a lot of these like mattress, uh, D2C mattress companies now, like, you know, have these, these great affiliate programs. And a lot of them are harnessing these content sites that are writing mattress reviews, which like, did that exist a couple of years ago? I don't think so. You know? Right, right. So we, we've been talking about the rise of content and it playing a more prominent role in the mix, but um, I'd like to maybe just take a step back and talk about the elephant in the room here, which is or could be viewed as savings, coupon, loyalty publishers, then that tend to uh, play that more traditional uh, last click role in the consumer journey. Obviously, you and I, since we've been in the space for so long, we knew that these types of, of publishers 
uh, were large contributors to affiliate programs. Why do you think that coupon and loyalty played such a prominent role for so long? I think, yeah, I, I think it's simple, frankly. I think it's because they've been around for a while. So, you know, they've, they've had the luxury of, of, you know, working in this space for a long time. But at the end of the day, uh, it aligns with consumer behavior, right? Who doesn't want to get, <laughs> who doesn't want to save money on a purchase or get sure. free shipping or get cash back? And I think consumers are, be, are becoming and have become a lot smarter, right? Once you learn that you can get a reward for a purchase or, you know, use a coupon site to find a deal, you know, I, I guess I don't think you unlearn that. I always tell people, like, I, I think about like when, you know, maybe the 50th time I tried to explain to my mother what I do for a living and like walked her through the process of like, well, if you're going to make this purchase and you could go here and get some cash back or go here and find a coupon for free shipping, um, I walked her through that. And like the next time she shops online, I don't think she's going to, that's not something to me that you forget. So I think that the, the, the coupon, the deal, the loyalty sites just really align with consumer uh, behavior. That's what people are looking for when they shop. And that's why they've been successful. I agree with you. And I'm definitely one of those consumers that has <laughs> unlearned the art of searching for a promotion. Who is it? <laughs> Who is it? So um, knowing that consumers are not going to unlearn the, these behaviors that they've um, cultivated over time, do you think that that has been the driving factor um, for the affiliate marketing naysayers um, in their failure to adopt this channel as a primary um, marketing channel in their overall mix? Or do you think there are other reasons that have um, caused them to shy away from affiliate marketing? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think everyone's going to have a different perspective. Um, I, I don't feel like, you know, there's always going to be naysayers for sure. Um, but look, I mean, this is, you know, generally speaking, a channel that is, you know, 15 to 20% of, of your e-com. Um, you're, you're, you've got these partners who are high volume drivers or strategic partners that could help drive uh, particular KPIs that are important to you, whether it's new customer acquisition, whether it's selling a particular product line, whatever the case may be, I actually think you know we've we're moving forward. I, I, I think that the the old school kind of um, you know people always taking a swipe at affiliate. I, I feel like that's sort of uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm just the eternal optimist, <laughs> but I feel like that's sort of being going away. We're always gonna have to answer questions, but look, I think I think it was. Uh, numbers I, I saw from you guys, like 80% of, of brands and retailers invest in the affiliate channel, right? Yeah. That's huge. Um, so I actually think folks are embracing it. Um, and I think that it's really just a matter of if they're embracing it the right way. So yes, people are always going to, or people are often going to look for deals, coupons, stuff like that. But that's, it's not, you know, it's not binary, right? That's not the only thing that happens. People want to be introduced to new products. People might make a purchase because, oh, there's free shipping this week, or 
you know, this particular product category is on sale or this particular product specifically is on sale and I was waiting to buy that anyway. So thank you, publisher, for informing me of that. So um, I don't think it's all or nothing. Um, and I think that, yeah, you know, listen, someone's always going to be looking to, to take a swipe, I guess, at the industry. But I, in my opinion, that's just old school. That's that's kind of uninformed. I think that there's, you know, this is a $15 billion global industry. I think that there's so much opportunity here. Um, and I, I like I like to think that we've kind of crossed that that hump in the industry. And going forward, you know, people really look at this as a as a positive opportunity for their business when approached the right way. I couldn't agree with you more. And um, it's that 20% that have really failed to wholly embrace affiliate marketing as a primary channel in the marketing mix that I am set on uh, changing their minds. So it's that small group. I'm with you. you. And I think you bring up another interesting point, you know, uh, you reference people taking swipes at affiliates there always seems to be some sort of threat to affiliate marketing um, as a category, yet it always proves time and time again that it's resilient and it always prevails. And to the point that you just made, you know, it still encompasses 15 to 20% of marketers' e-commerce revenue. So it's not insignificant mm-hmm. in size by any stretch. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, any industry, right? There's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be problems to solve. Um, but it shouldn't stop us from moving forward. And as long as we have, you know, so, you know, as long as you have a solution or a proposed solution with the problem, I think that's that's the way it's got to be. If we're just, you know, people are just complaining like, you know, it's, it's not value add or something like that. You know, to me, it's like, well, it's not value add. Okay, so so what can we do then to prove it? What are the, the the steps we can take? What's a strategy we can put in place? What are tactics we could potentially use? How can we maybe pull some different levers? Let's talk to your publishers and figure out like what they can do because I'm you know just pleasantly surprised every single day that I talk to publishers how they're thinking about the business, their own business, their partner's business, and the opportunities that they can put in front of advertisers just given the opportunity to help kind of push things through and push things forward. So I think that's a great segue um, into some of the work that you're doing now. You're um, in a role where you're advising publishers and helping them um, sort of optimize their own businesses, if you will. And I would love to just get your your perspective on um you know, what are some of the more unique publisher models that you've observed? Uh, and just tell us a bit about the, some of the partner types that, that you've been working with that you find to be interesting. Sure. So, I mean, in terms of um, who I'm working with, you know, it's a wide variety of publishers, um, content, loyalty, coupons and deals, um, and then also uh, on, a, on a landscape of maturity, meaning Hey, I want to, I want to enter into the affiliate world. Like, how do I do this, Adam? You know, like I, I can figure it out on my own. That might take me six to eight months, or maybe you could help me and that'll take like six to eight hours or days, right? Like how can we accelerate that and get into the space? What do I need to know? What does the ecosystem look like? What are the things I need to be thinking about? Um, 
it could be people who are at that stage of like, we want to get over the hump. We've been in the space. Like, how do we put together, um, you know, a more efficient operation um, in terms of managing our partners and thinking about monetization to kind of get to that maturity? Or it could be folks who are mature and like, what's next? What do, how do we get to that next level? And I've, I've helped folks with that as well. Um, in terms of interesting models, um, there's so many. Like I, I really am a, I'm a total like Homer for, for, for the channel as a whole and the publishers specifically. Like I get geeked up when I see what people are doing. I think um, there's just a lot of cool tools out there. People I've worked with and people I haven't worked with, frankly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I love um, you know some of the tools that exist that help you know, help me find out, you know, is there a price that a, a price that I'm on a product that I'm, I'm monitoring and where's that today? You know, obviously honey does a good job of that and, and shop tagger does a good job of that and um, stuff like that. And then I even, um, you know, I, I, I got to call out um, a guy I met, his name is Jesse Lakes and he has a company called genius link. This is more kind of like a, a you know, for lack of a better term, like a sub network model. Okay. But, um, he has built tools for publishers, which I would say I love. And, you know, he has created some interesting stuff around these choice pages where you, know, you can feature a product on your page as a publisher. And um, it says, you know, okay, well, do you want to get that product at retailer A, B, C, or D? And then that gives the user choice of kind of which direction they want to go, which I thought was, was pretty cool. Um, and I love, you know, my friend Brian over at Magic Links, you know, what he's doing with helping YouTubers monetize. So just, I could go on forever. <laughs> there's just, there's so much cool stuff out there and people thinking, in my opinion, differently about the business um, and really um, taking a, a, um, the, the, the approach of like what's best for a consumer. How do we add value for the consumers? And, you know, I mean, you can even say that's what, even back in the day, going far back to one of the, you know, the more foundational sites like like a slip deals, which I love. Also, like guys like that, um, really doing a, a great job providing uh, an opportunity for consumers to find what they're looking for, find a good price, find a great deal. I, I think all that stuff is really interesting. I think those are great examples. Thanks for sharing those. Yeah, uh, sure. The Genius Link uh, tool in particular, I find to be pretty interesting especially from like a brand or marketer perspective, if you think about what happened earlier this year with the Amazon Associates program, slashing commissions across their publisher base, um, mm -hmm. you could look at that as you know an opportunity for brands to step in and establish a more direct relationship with these publishers. And in the case of you know what you just described with Genius Link, I think that's like a perfect example. If they could win over the consumer and through that experience and uh, earn that sale versus it uh, versus the consumer defaulting to Amazon. I think that's a great application of how affiliate marketing can help brands and marketers alike, you know, just uh, deal with the e-commerce behemoth Amazon too. <laughs> totally. And, and it goes back to what we talked about earlier too, right? It's um, creating some simplicity too for publishers mm -hmm. and, and removing friction for them to get into the space and work with different brands and retailers. Absolutely. So, Adam, um, assuming that we could collectively get 
100% buy-in across the uh, retail brand landscape, 100% buy-in to affiliate marketing um, and sell them on the idea that affiliate is critical. It's a valuable channel. It should be a primary sales and marketing channel in your overall mix. If that were true, is it now, does it now become a battle of providers uh, for a brand in, in trying to identify what's the right affiliate marketing provider that they should move forward with? Do you think that there's one particular model that um, fares better than another? And I, and I mean this when, when I'm talking about the tracking platform. Is it a network model, a platform model? Why don't you lend your perspective here? On. Now we got the tough questions. <laughs> well, the other ones were tough. They were good. But. I love this question since you came from LinkShare. So I would love to hear what you have to say. I'm biased, of course. Um, always got a, a soft spot in my heart um, for LinkShare and, and the business there. I really do. But I, I guess, you know, the, the best way, I think, to, to answer that is I think at the end of the day, I, I always view the networks and the platforms, they're kind of the hub in the industry, right? Like they're the, where the traffic flows through the interchange and yep. they provide a few key things. And I don't mean to minimize it at all, but I always use the term plumbing, right? It's the, it's the plumbing of our industry, which I actually think is, is like super important. Um, the tracking, they do payments, they provide reporting. It's how you get links. But I think, you know, the most important thing at the end of the day is the publishers, right? No one would sign up uh, for an affiliate program if they didn't want access to distribution. Everything else makes it, you know, easier, better, smarter, faster, whatever, to get access to that and to, to manage it best. So I think when you're considering um, what you what you need as a as a provider you need to think about you know am i small am i large do i need service can i do this on my own is it something i want to bring in house and i think frankly you know there are different providers because um everyone's going to need something different um but i i personally think you know you sign up to get access to distribution and i think that's the key and i think that's what people need to be looking at and then depending on you know your level of maturity in the space you know do i know the right distribution are the tools there for me to um to find the right publishers to, to get access to the publishers to talk to the publishers that i need to talk to and understand who they are what they're doing what their value proposition is all of that stuff so you know i i think that's it's going to vary depending on who you are and where you are in the life cycle um, and so for everyone, you know, th listen, there's always going to, you've always got to have, you know, uh, competitors in the space and there's always going to be people iterating and trying to build a better mousetrap. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think for a, a, an advertiser looking at this, I think it's, to me, it's like, how am I going to get the most access to distribution and the strategic insight that I need to make the right partnerships? Um, and, um, you know, optimize them over time. I think that's a great point, um, which is if you're on the brand or marketer side, you could have the most advanced tool set on the planet, 
But if you don't have the skills or expertise to unlock the value of that tool set, you know, um, it's not going to do you any justice or do you any good if you don't know how to use it. So I think yeah. um, the way you describe it, you know, um, understanding where you're at from uh, an affiliate marketing expertise perspective and where are you at in the life cycle and your level of sophistication will definitely play a role in the value that you're able to unlock from the channel. Yeah. And I think there's something to be said for, you know, Hey, I've got budget to spend. Um, I want to buy this newsletter on this particular publisher site and just having, you know, a person, whether it's in-house or at an agency or at a network who could say, I've done that before. It doesn't work. Um, or I've done that before and it does work. Let's actually double down. And that's where that expertise comes in, that know-how. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. I okay. would be remiss if we didn't address how the year of 2020 has been <laughs> blows uh, to consumers, to brand marketers. Really, every individual and organization on the planet has been impacted in some way, shape, or form by the pandemic. So yeah. bearing that in mind, and as you know, this situation with COVID continues to send uh, shockwaves through the markets. Um, I'm just curious from your perspective, um, where do you think affiliate marketers specifically should be focused as we roll into the back half of 2020? Man, um, I think at the end of the day, I think this stands true um, even in non-pandemic uh, times, um, I think the focus always should be on the end consumer. If, you, if, you're, if you're doing what's right for the end consumer, I think ultimately you'll be successful. And I think what, what's um, great about affiliate and what people on the channel need to continue to think about is the value we provide, right? We've been, we talked about earlier, you know, sites that help you find products that are in stock or price drops and things like that, right? And back in the day, it might have been a TV or a laptop. Mm -hmm. Today, it might be Clorox wipes or Purell, but they provide, you know, the same value. And, and I think, like, harnessing that value for the end consumer is where everyone should be thinking about. And I think that by doing so, we will continue to thrive as a channel wise words to focus on the consumer. I think that <laughs> sentiment holds true in uh, a pandemic and in more normal times. So does the pandemic change your outlook on the affiliate channel at all? Not really. Like I said, I think publishers continue to solve problems. Um, I think, you know, there's, it's just a shift in maybe the types of products consumers are looking for, but last I checked, a lot of the multi-category retailers, they sell a wide variety of products. You know, sure, maybe it's a little bit less AOV today versus yesterday. Um, but I don't think that, you know, I don't I don't see um, any um, downturn coming out of from affiliate. I feel like affiliate's one of those channels that always perseveres because also you know, it's performance driven, right? What better way to do it? And 
Um, I just think that there's there's um, there will con no, no matter what in the past, whether it's been you know the economic downturn, 9/11, Hurricane Sandy, all of these things that we've we've dealt with over the years, um, where there was this threat to the channel, I feel like more dollars have gone into the channel. It's more anecdotal from my experience, but it always feels like there's a, a, a broader uh, threat in the, you know, in the world around us, but dollars ultimately stay or shift in affiliate uh, for the, the short and the long term. I couldn't agree with you more. And I've seen the data to back it. Um, you know, 2018, the U.S. affiliate industry was estimated to be just over $6 billion in ad spend. And I think by the year 2022, it's poised to reach over $8 billion. Um, sure. And, if, you know, 2020 lent any uh, predictions for us, you know, from what I've seen across our Pepper Jam affiliate marketing sales index that we publish weekly, uh, we're just continually seeing year-on-year -year growth within the channel um, and I think that's a testament to its pay for performance model, which offers, you know, risk insulation that marketers so desire, especially these days. Absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see too, right? You see people, um, you know, shifting or, or I should say pausing um, their, their budgets with Facebook. Like, will those dollars move to the channel? You know, perhaps, I don't know. Um, but I think the people who start thinking about this or continue to think about this channel as more strategic, um, specifically how they look at their partners in the channel, they're the ones who will be successful. Absolutely. All right. Final question. If you had one piece of advice to give to affiliate marketers right here, right now, what would that advice be? Um, I think I gave it already, but I would say, again, for the publishers especially, think about the end customer. I think that's the most important thing. And I would say maybe to the advertisers, think about your publishers as strategic partners. And I think those two things aligning are where there's real opportunity in the channel. Excellent. Adam, thank you so much for joining us today and, and having just a great conversation uh, that was ripe with insights. I appreciate your perspective. Why don't you Absolutely. just tell... Tell, tell the audience where they can find you, where they can reach you. Um, so if they have questions, they can easily get in contact with you. Awesome. Yeah, you can find me. Well, you can find me in my house like everyone else, I think. <laughs> but if you knock on my door, that might be a little weird. But that's okay. We can hang out socially distant. Um, no, you can find me at my website, WeissDigitalConsulting.com. You can find me personally on, on LinkedIn and at my Weiss Digital Consulting on LinkedIn as well. Um, and uh, I am on Twitter, Adam LS, the LS, I guess my, my homage to my, my old employer back in the day. But yeah, that's where you can find me. I'm happy to, to chat with anyone about the industry, answer questions, talk about, talk about anything you want as it relates to affiliate or, or otherwise. Adam Weiss, thank you so much for joining us on Pep Talks. And we hope to have you again here soon. Awesome. Thanks, Maura. I appreciate it. This is great. Thank you. We just spoke with Adam Weiss, affiliate marketing strategist, advisor, mentor, and principal consultant at Weiss Digital Consulting about how the early days of affiliate may have operated very much like the wild, wild west, 
but grew leaps and bounds over the past decades, overcoming stigmas and misconceptions, becoming a reliable and agile mainstay in every smart marketer's arsenal. You can check out the full podcast, plus many more by visiting us at pepperjam.com slash podcasts.